0: Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. Brian, it's John. What's going on?
1: John, how are you, my friend?
0: I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Hey, I got a question for you. Um, So I was sitting... On the phone because I can't be sitting having lunch right now in the Corona days. Sitting on the phone with a buddy of mine, and he was saying, "Hey, what what is what is this?" I am so many of my sales guys, they just are not asking for the sale. He says, "What kind of insight do you have?" And I said, "You know what? That's I've got some thoughts on that, but that's a great topic I'm going to discuss with Brian, and let's see what we can come up with." So, why are all these guys afraid of asking for the sale, or why are they not asking for the sale? What do you
1: think? That's a great question, John. Right. And I mean, a lot of the numbers that we've been looking at have been you know, subpar. And I think this is a main contributor to those numbers. Do you want the politically correct answer, John, or the, the non-politically correct answer?
0: Let's go politically correct.
1: Okay. We, we shall do and that. And we'll do
0: the other one. We, and we'll, we'll do, do the other one.
1: one. John, I know we both have a lot of experience in this as far as our peers, our direct reports and whatnot, and in a lot of businesses we've been talking to, but I think one of the main components of this is a fear of rejection. I think it's baked into us. You know, I listened to a lot of Jeb Blunt and uh, you know, he and I were talking offline. I think it was a couple months ago and we were talking about the, hu- the way human beings are wired that we all human beings have an absolute fear of rejection, right? And we just don't want to set ourselves up for that rejection, but it goes a little deeper than that job. Why would be, we be rejected if we asked for the sale, if you really think about that and it could come down to a lack of training right? A lack of knowledge of the product. It could be the fact that we're not reading their body language. We don't have the proper timing. We don't know when to ask for the sale. You know, we're fearful. We don't believe in the product. Many different reasons, John. I mean, where should we start? We could pr- pretty much go through these one by one and kind of dig deep on each category.
0: Well, if, I mean, if, are you saying that the, that the politically correct answer is that the, the single reason is that it's a fear of rejection?
1: I don't know if that's a single, I mean, we could probably categorize each reason and then rank them from top to bottom. But I think inherently people don't understand what sales is. I think that you have people that are order takers and they've worked for companies that have amazing marketing departments and they have people that email or call them and say, Hey, I'm interested. I'm looking to buy. And they just negotiate the end game result. And that's not really what sales is, right? I mean, I know that their job title says sales, but that's not what a salesperson does. And I think when they get into a position where you actually have to present, qualify, uh, do discovery, you know, overcome objections, maybe do a needs analysis, and then ask for the order or ask for the sale, rather, ask for the contract, however you want to label it, they just don't understand either the process, which is a lack of training, uh, or they just don't realize that you actually have to work for something. People aren't just going to say, hey, John. I'd like 10 of those and, uh, you know, price is not an issue. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. They don't realize they have to take control of that interaction, right?
0: Well, I, yeah, I, I, I agree, but I, I, I would actually put a, a, maybe a, a four and a half degrees of separation point on that. And, and let me speak in, in uh, examples to see if it makes any more sense, Brian. So you go to the doctor, right? And the doctor says, what's going on? And you go, oh, my, my chest hurts. He goes, okay, let me take a look. And he presses and he says, does it hurt when I do this? And you say, no. So was he just rejected? Or is he trying to eliminate the reasons that are not applicable to why you're having a problem? So in other words, if you go to a prospect and you say to the prospect, all right, would you like to buy? And the prospect says no. Is the prospect rejecting you or is the prospect just saying, gee, I haven't been convinced yet of the value? Yes.
1: No, no. And that's absolutely, it it all comes down to perception and seeing objections as opportunities as averse to being obstacles. And that that's the bottom line. And they don't realize those are buying signals. When somebody says, how long does this take? to implement, right? Or how heavy is the lifting involved? What does the training look like? Uh, What are the the financial commitments? Those are all buying signals and people don't pick up on that, right? So you're right. If they have not done the proper discovery, if you do the proper discovery and ask the right questions, these people are going to sell themselves. It's going to be an organic experience. It's going to transition right into those next steps. And there's also something else, John, it's micro commitments, right? Temperature checks in the middle of the presentation to find out where their heads are at or to open it up for questions, right? We're not just talking, we're listening, active listening, which I think a lot of people miss these days. And in the study you brought up yesterday, the fact that prospects are looking to speak to more, more consultative type salesperson or have a consultative type conversation really speaks to that fact, I believe.
0: Yeah. And I, I would actually say in support of what you're saying that, that a lot of salespeople are, are not properly trained um, and they don't understand what an objection really is because an objection could be, Hey, you, you're completely off mark. I'm really not interested. An objection could be, gee, I'm thinking about it, but I can't quite figure out how to pay for it or bring it in. An objection could be, you know what? I'm just scared of making a decision. So I'm going to kind of, you know, push you off so you can tell me more so I can get a little bit more comfortable. The, the, the the client or the prospect hasn't really said no to the person it, as a final no. What they have said is, wait a minute, something isn't 100% in alignment with your wanting to give me a product or service and my wanting to buy it for the price that you've asked. And there's nothing wrong with that kind of a conversation. Gee, dear, where do you want to go to dinner tonight? Are you up for Chinese? No. Is that rejection or is that just, hmm, no, Chinese isn't quite what I'm thinking of. Maybe I'm thinking more Italian. Can you imagine if we couldn't even ask our spouse where they want to go to dinner tonight because we're scared of rejection? To me, that's how silly this whole thing is.
1: Well, it's very silly. I mean, if you look at, they did a Harvard neuroscience review, right? And they said that what gives the human brain as much pleasure as uh, food and money. And it's talking about yourself. People cannot help it. It's a dopamine release. People love doing it. So therefore, obviously, the pivot is you ask questions. It's just, it's an integral part of sales. Goes down to lack of training because we train on what? We train on presenting our value proposition. We train on all of these different, we want to feature dump. That's what we want to do. We want to vomit on our prospect. And that's not what sales is all about, John. It's all about the pre-qualification. Am I talking to the right person? You get an objection that is, hey, I need to run it by somebody else. You should have known who who has stakes in this? Who's involved in the purchasing decisions? And you should have everybody on that call, period, bottom line. Or you should have a micro commitment of, hey, let's get everybody back on the call next time. Always be closing, right? And we'll get into that later. Because I know you have a very big opinion on that, John. Yes. It's very during, big opinion. do they have a goal? Do they have a need? Do they have a challenge? Is it the right fit? It's a two-way evaluation here, right? It has to fit long-term. Because as you mentioned, reviews mean everything. We sell somebody, something doesn't need it. Then obviously there's going to be a problem on the back end, and we don't want uh, we don't want turnover, we don't want people dropping off, falling off the face of the planet, and of course, getting those objections, building that professional business rapport, so they open up to you, right? They open up to you, they tell you about their concerns, they tell you about their challenges. You know what their competitors are doing, you know exactly where they're going, so that when you present, you're tying your value proposition into their specific situation. And at the end, obviously, you must ask for that order. You take the bull by the horns. People will give control over to you if they see you as an expert, not a grand inquisitor. So there's a balance between that. John, you and I are experts at this. We've trained many people on doing this. And of course, we will train people continuously on how to do this. What do you think, John? Am I, am I hitting all the notes here? Or am I missing something?
0: Yeah, I want to go I want to go back to, and I know you're going to go, gee, why are you going so simple? Well, I'm going so simple because, as, as I've said, many times we've talked about many times in in baseball when spring training opens up and all the players go down to florida typically to start their spring training what do they work on brian what yeah. are they practicing fundamentals. fundamentals okay and so many times i think salespeople tend to forget the fundamentals what is the single reason that any business exists. There's only one reason a business exists. What is that single reason? That single reason is to solve somebody's problem. Period. There is no other reason for a business to, to exist. Okay? So if people don't understand why the business exists, if sales reps don't understand the reason that that business was started, the value that that business brings to the, the prospect and understands how to expose whether or not that prospect has that problem, whether or not that prospect feels comfortable allowing that organization through the salesperson to solve that problem, and whether the value proposition expressed monetarily is there, of course they're going to say no.
1: No, of course, John. Forget this. Yeah, it's a 50-50 split in my opinion. From you know the studies that we've looked at to the people that we've talked to and helped, and I think it's you know partly the manager because if obviously if the salesperson had the proper training and the uh, foundation, meaning that they have a, a process they can fall back on, so they know exactly where they're going, so if they fall off the track they can get back on it and you know forge forward. But I also think that it's uh, the sales reps themselves really not being the right fit or not not having those fundamentals but you know if you have the right process but then you train continuously on methodology and you add those tools and you don't rest on your laurels and you're constantly role-playing you're constantly bouncing off ideas off of your peers and strategizing and living in the moment it's uh, you know you must have the right perception you have to have the right timing but also john if you want to get on you got to have the gumption the guts the balls to be confident enough in yourself and the solution an organization, of course, to be able to go out there, take the bull by the horns, take the reins, ask for the sale, lead them in, take them by the hand, and lead them to the promised land. If you can't do that, you're, you're history. You are going to be another statistic that we read on this podcast, and uh, you're going to be doing something else because this is not for you.
0: And where does, where does that come from, though, Brian?
1: Where does what come from? Confidence?
0: Yep. Where does confidence come from?
1: Well, you tell me, John. Obviously, you have a thought behind this.
0: Well, it co- it comes from one belief in yourself and your ability. It comes from belief in the value that you bring to the table. It comes from belief in the fact that the product or service that you're offering is going to help that client solve their problem at a reasonable price, with 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 very little pain to them. It comes from your understanding the selling cycle, the selling process, the cadence, if you will. Right. And those things are reinforced through knowledge and through training. Now, I'm I'm going to differ with you slightly and differ even with some of the things I've said in the past because, I mean, you know me, I've I've beat up many a sales manager for, for not doing their job properly. But I'm also going to beat up the salespeople because how many times, Brian, have you spoken to a salesperson and said to them, hey, what's the last great sales book you read? And they give you a look like you're a water buffalo in traffic. They haven't read any sales books. They haven't trained themselves. They haven't taken their profession of sales seriously. And so my question to you is, well, if they're not interested enough in getting themselves up to speed, if they're not interested in being professional, how do they expect their prospect to treat them with the, like a professional?
1: No, you're right. You have to take initiative and into your own business because in sales, a lot of times we are our own brand. We are our own business, right? That's, that's the way it goes. It's uh. In that conversation, John, and this is with everything, you've got to resonate. Does a prospect want it or need it? We have to determine that. Uh, Do we differentiate? What's the difference? What's our main value proposition versus our competitors? And then do we substantiate? Do they believe that we will deliver what we are promising? Right? Is the solution going to take them to the promised land? Is it going to solve their problem? Is it going to Achieve their goals, right? And we need to, it's not just, and I've seen this so many times, John. I mean, how many people have called us pitching us? How many people, how many workshops have we done where we run pitches and role plays and presentations? And it's nothing but talking, nonstop blabber. And it's nonstop feature dumping, it's nonstop presenting, where they never stop to take a breath, they never actively listen, they never tie in anything to their specific use case, which is insane. I can't believe that. But I do think, John, it's a lack of fundamentals. I think it's a lack of training, but I also think it's a lack of accountability. These managers should be auditing these meetings, they should be auditing these phone calls. They should be, again, they should be some certification process where you must pass this in order to move on. right? It's, it's, it's survive in advance. I firmly believe in that. And I think if everyone was aligned, there's of course a lack of alignment here. I think this number would be much, much fewer. I think that we'd imagine, John, out of that 48%, if just a quarter, if just a fraction of those people asked for the order and the person said, yes, imagine how much different those stats would be that we read off yesterday. It would be a completely different story.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, and again, I want to just shift shift the perspective a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, because we've talked about this and then probably more than you ever want to hear, but you know one of my favorite movies of all time was Rudy. All right, you know that, okay? Great, I movie. Just, great uh, movie. Great movie, okay? And And my question to you is, how much of what the character Rudy did in that movie was because his coach told him to go out there because his coach told him fight a little harder, push a little more, be a little more aggressive, be a little more assertive, get up earlier, run more, go to the weight room more. How much of that came from the coach? And the answer is zero. The answer is zero. Every bit of that came because Rudy had a perspective. Rudy had a vision. Rudy had a, self, a sense of self that he had to match. And what I'm saying is, hey, sales guys, get off your asses. Treat this business like a true profession. Become a professional. Become a trusted advisor. Become somebody that the prospect or the customer says, yes, you know what? I need to call Joe. I need to call Sam. I need to call Mary because they're going to help me understand how to solve this problem. If you're not, I don't care how good a manager you have. Well, if he's really good, just fire you. But hey, guys, own up. All right, put your big boy pants on. Come play a real game and stop being wimps on this thing. Sorry, I'm just getting a little crazy about this, Brian.
1: No, I mean it's, you're hitting the nail on the head, John. You're fired up. You're passionate, and uh, you know so am I. And, and that's what's really taking us to the next level in our careers. But you know, Rudy, if you look at him as an example, there's many Rudies out there that we've done business with and we've talked to and we've we've coached. Rudy wanted it more than anybody else. He believed in himself. He was rejection proof. If he had a stumbling block, he just bit down in the mouthpiece. He went out there and he just never let anything get to him. And he worked harder than anybody else and he respected the institution of football. It meant something to him, right? And he he was so appreciative of being involved in that great sport. And I think that That was a foundation he built a success off of. And what a hell of a foundation that is. And I think you're right. If we don't have the fundamentals, and what I mean by fundamentals is is individual fundamentals, is punctuality, right? Hard work, work ethic, uh, respect, humility. You know, all of these things, you know, a thirst for knowledge an inquisitive personality. If we don't have that, we may be in the wrong business. And that goes back to, should these people actually be there to begin with? Uh, and it goes into our next podcast topic, which is our salespeople born or not made. And I can't wait to talk about that. But I think that hard work pays off, John. And I think you're right. And we, we've got to stop making excuses. We've got to forge forward. And again, if you ask, it's not going to come right. Uh, did you, you ask one. your wife to marry you, or just does it happen organically? I mean, come on, you've you've got to go out there, and if you want it, you've got to go take it. Period. End of story. That's how America was built. That's how these businesses were built, and that's how your career is going to be built.
0: I, I give you one other example because I, I I got to keep coming back to this theme just for for a second. Um, there's there's a show on TV, you know, not no no better, no worse than anything else called Master Chef. And for those for those of our listeners who who haven't heard it, basically average human beings to get to compete to become the master chef in the show. And basically they are given a job by Gordon Ramsay in one of his restaurants. And, and if you know Gordon Ramsay or not, Gordon Ramsey I would have to say is, is one of the ultra successful people in the chef business. Yes. A lot of it's television, but his restaurants are very successful. He's very well thought of. He's a very creative individual. He's got multiple TV shows. And in this one case, these, and again, these these are home cooks that compete. This home cook, Um, decided that what he was going to do to separate himself from everybody else was he was going to make beef wellington. And beef wellington is an extremely difficult dish to make because you're wrapping a a piece of excellent beef in a pastry crust, and now you have to make sure that, that the beef is cooked properly as well as the pastry crust on the outside. He goes and presents this to Gordon Ramsay, because Gordon's one of the judges on the shows, obviously, because it's his show, and Gordon looks at him and says this is really interesting. How long have you been making Beef Wellington? He says, a couple of years. He says, I want you to understand something. He said, it better be good because before I served my first Beef Wellington in a restaurant, now think about this for a second. He said, I cooked 1,000 Beef Wellingtons before I served my first one. Now, here's the flip side of this thing. If you don't want to be, if you don't want to commit to that level to your trade, think about the person who you're competing against that does want to commit to that level.
1: That's powerful, John. And by the way, I do love that show. I've never eaten a beef Wellington before, but now you've got me wanting to try one
0: they're wonderful when they're done right. They're absolutely wonderful. I'm getting hungry too, Brian. So maybe we should, maybe we should stop this podcast and go have some lunch or something.
1: That'll be on my bucket list for sure. I'm probably, (laughs) I'll butcher it myself. I'll have somebody else cook it for me, but, but I'll tell you this, John, you know, you've, you've hit so many great notes and I know you and I have talked about strategy and, you know, you brought up a great point uh, a while ago and it was, you know, we get into these conversations with prospects and we're training people to pitch, Or training managers how to train, it's, you know, you ask those questions. And if you really think about it, the fundamentals mean everything, because even with fundamentals, we've had people ask about goals. You know, what is your goal? Where do you see your business in the next three to five years? Or what issue is plaguing your business today and keeping you from success or hitting your numbers or whatever it may be. But to really peel the onion and say, you know, if we achieve that, what does it mean or how is it impacting your business? How is it impacting you specifically in your role? Um, what is your why? To even go deeper than that, right? How important that is, and how many people miss out on that? But if you don't have those fundamentals, how are you going to get into those ROI conversations? How are you going to be able to perform those needs analysis? It's it's you're missing everything. I used to train in submission grappling years ago. You know, I used to get tied up in a press line. I remember one day I was so excited, man. I want to, I want to learn how to do an arm bar. You know, and this guy looked at me and said, "Boy, you need to." start from the beginning you need to it's crawl walk run you know you need to have it they used to call it John position over submission if you can't can't get into the right position to lock the submission on what good is it you could be the best armbar person on the planet earth but if you can't get to the point to be able to lock it on there's no point at all so right. fundamentals right. need everything it's position over submission if you can't position yourself and have the right conversation qualifying, discovery, presentation, rapport, objection, you're not going to be able to get the opportunity to close that business. And of course, John, you and I are experts at this. We're more than willing to uh, to help. We built our, our bedrock and our foundation on it. But again, to your point, foundation means everything. So many people can't wait to tell, talk about their closing techniques, but yet they don't even ask for the close. And that's because they're missing out on those fundamentals. They're weak. They're fearful. They're fearful of rejection. They can't do it because they haven't set it up properly. They haven't done the proper homework preparation execution to be able to ask for it. Therefore, they fail miserably. And uh, it's a cry in shame because, again, 50% managers should enforce this or train it or do it. And the other 50% is, hey, take your business personally. Take ownership of your business and your brand Go out there and make yourself a champion. There's so much. We're living in the information age, John. There's so much out there. It's just how do you dissect it? How do you put it into play? And, of course, that's where we come in.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a great expression. Um, I love it because it, it's so applicable in so many cases. It says, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. There's, there's no point in getting all wrapped around, around closing techniques and around, you know, uh, 10, Ten ways to trick the customer all this other kind of stuff do your homework do your basics all right basics. at the end of the day if your basics are done if your basics are solid all right the close yeah. is going the close is going to come to you you're not even going to have to ask for the sale so the best way to, to avoid fear of asking for the sale is do your job up front and you're not going to have to ask for the sale because the sale is going to be a natural extension of what you were doing all along
1: yeah how many people have heard? you know what, John, fantastic. What do we do next? What do we do to get this thing started? You'd hardly ever hear that because you haven't done the right thing, right? That's the ultimate. Did John just ask for the, he didn't have to ask for the order because the guy sold himself with the amazing precision-like questions he asked, the value he presented based on that guy's specific situation, and you did not have to of course, we're in, uh, f- you know, future trainings. And, and of course, our consultation, John, we're going to show exactly how to get there. But that's the end game result. And to your point, John, it will happen organically. Some people you do have to ask. And of course, we even with the setup, you have to ask them. They're old school, they're old fashioned. And they will say yes. And you will move on and you hand them that pen. They will sign and you will be best friends and you'll write off into the sunset, right? And they'll send you Christmas gifts and everything like that. But if you do it the right way, it will happen organically, as John mentioned. So why beat your head against the wall, right? Be, be like a hot knife through butter. It's right there for you. You just got to take it.
0: Go back to basics, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Brian, with that, I'm going to go get myself a beef wellington. We'll talk later.
1: What, what side dish goes with that, John? I'd love to know. Uh, red wine. Aha. There you go. I'll do it, John. It's been a pleasure as always. Godspeed and on to the next one.
0: Excellent. Thanks. It was great spending time with you today. Maybe you liked what you heard. Maybe we sparked some controversy. Maybe we got you excited, but hopefully we got you thinking. Hey, we want to hear from you. If the topic resonated with you, if you have a comment, or if you have an issue you're serious about fixing, reach out to us today. Hey, Brian, how can you get in touch with us?
1: Great question, John. Best ways email, email us at results at onebrokencog.com together we're gonna help you make small adjustments that's going to lead to major impacts on your business and your revenue.